How would an investor react if the company they bought shares of went bankrupt? Let's find out. Motley Fool Money starts now. I'm Chris Hill, and just like yesterday's episode with Jason Moser, today we've got the investing origin story with Motley Fool senior analyst Matt Argersinger. And yes, the first stock he ever bought shares of was a company that went bankrupt just three years later. We'll get to that in a minute, but I started the conversation by asking him, who was the first person to really start him on his investing journey? My dad uh, was was a little bit of an investor. He was in the army, and so uh, you know. But I remember we got you know we'd get the Wall Street Journal at home, and I can't remember when, but I, I remember at some point I was probably seven or eight years old, and you just look at. You flip through the Wall Street Journal when you know back in the day when they had pages and pages of stock tickers, and you kind of just are like, "What is going on here? Why are the numbers moving around every day? Plus, minus, fractional. I mean, it was all fractional back then." And I think I just got kind of intrigued by the idea that you could invest in these these numbers, but you know, they were companies, these symbols, right? And then they could, you know, the next day you could have more money. And uh, I think that was fascinating to me. And so, as early as I remember, I mean, I, I had a, uh, I had a paper out, as a lot of kids did back in like you know late '80s when I was like eight or nine years old. And so I was, I could save a little bit of money. And if it wasn't video games or something like that, I was trying to think, could I, could I save enough money to buy one of these stocks that my dad was kind of talking about? So that was, yeah, I can't remember when the light went off, but that was kind of like my earliest memories of, of being interested in investing. I remember thinking it was like a code, looking at stock charts in the in, not even charts, but just sort of as you said, the, the the pages and pages of sort of the shortened names of the companies, and thinking like, oh, it's a secret code for names of actual businesses. Right, right. And then you know it was magical when you you could go to the mall or something, right? you know, and you, and you'd, you'd say, oh, here's the Gap, just to name a company that was popular in the '80s or '90s, you know, or or a Walmart or something like that, and you realize. Wait, that's one of the symbols. You could actually buy a piece of this company that I know that I I can see and touch. I mean, it was that was also sort of just the the wow moment of you know. So what up. was the what was the first stock you bought? So it's a funny story. So so I finally saved enough money. I was I had a paper out. I, I was mowing lawns for people. So I saved. I think I saved like five hundred bucks. You know, <laughs> which when you're like. Nine or that's 10. a lot of money when you're yeah. a kid. <laughs> I was like, "This is I'm I'm rich, man," you know. And I said, "Okay, well, I want to I want to buy a stock." And so I remember talking to my parents, and um, they gave me terrible advice. <laughs> but it's good advice, but terrible. I don't know, I'll tell this. I'll see. There's like a back story to this, but so I ended up in. I was we're living in Massachusetts, and I, I was uh, and one of the big companies at the time was a company called Wang Laboratories. It was founded by um, a really great entrepreneur named An Wang. He, uh, I think, he immigrated from China way a long time ago in the 20s or 30s, and he he just you know built technology companies, software companies. I mean, in the 60s and 70s, and eventually he built this company, Wang Laboratories, that was kind of one of the leading uh, word processing uh, machine companies, calculators and word processing. And it became a big company. I think at some point in the early mid 80s, it was employing tens of thousands of people. Anyway, so I asked my parents, you know, hey, what should I invest in? And they said, well, you know, Wang Labs 
is a great company. It's it's right near us. I think it was based in Lowell, Massachusetts. <laughs> and uh, you know, of course, I was like, this sounds this sounds really great. So I invested five hundred dollars in Wang Laboratories. I think it was like nineteen eighty nine. Well, in nineteen ninety, An Wang, the CEO, died, and the company was passed to his son. And two years later, the company went bankrupt. <laughs> I have no idea how or why, but my first investment, my first stock investment ever. Went up in smoke, and uh, and the the lesson I took from it though, which is which is not the lesson you'd expect, was at the time I remember I was I was into video games and computer games as a lot of kids were, and there was a computer company called Sierra Online, which made games like King's Quest and Space Quest and these these games that I love to play. And I remember asking my parents at the time, "Can I invest in Sierra Online?" And they said, "No, no, 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 no. You should you should invest in something established like Wang Laboratories, right?" <laughs> so they convinced me. They didn't take, it didn't take much to convince me to do that. But I remember looking back, like way on later on when I was adult, I could have invested in Sierra Online in like 1989, and I think the company went on to five or six x before it was acquired. So I could have had a great first investment, but I invested in Wang Laboratories. <laughs> What's great about this, Matt, is there are so many people who have a similar experience to you. And that alone just drives them away from the stock market for the rest of their life. And not only have you continued to invest, you've made it your profession. Um, so, um, let me move on to, um, you know, because obviously you've been doing this for a long time. Um, uh, what's the worst stock you've ever bought? Because. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could go with Wang Laboratories, the <laughs> company you bought that went bankrupt. Right. But I'm guessing you have another choice. No, no, I, I, I have many, many other choices. Uh, but one that really comes to mind is a company that's still traded today. It's didn't, it's not bankrupt, and it wasn't even my worst performing investment. But it's a company called Biglari Holdings. The ticker is BH. And I think what really brought me into that company was, as a young investor, especially, I remember. Ten years ago or so, I was. We're all searching for the next Warren Buffett, right? I think everyone's, and we're always so quick to name the next Warren Buffett, right? Well, here I found a a young entrepreneur named Sardar Biglari, who he had he was he had run a hedge fund as a young person, had a really good track record, and he ends up acquiring this restaurant company called Steak and Shake, which you can still find in kind of the Midwest and uh, other states. Uh, and and he kind of turns around the restaurant, and his whole plan was, you know, I'm gonna Steak and Shake is gonna be this business that kicks off a lot of cash flow. I'm gonna invest in all these other businesses, and he does. He invests in like an energy company, invests in an insurance business, and my in my eyes, I'm like, this is this is my Warren Buffett. This is the guy that's gonna lead me to the promised land. He's gonna build the next Berkshire Hathaway. And I, I went, to, I literally went to every annual meeting for about five or six straight years um, up in New York. And I was so enthralled by it. And the reason it's my worst investment is because I sort of let the mystique of him and the company kind of force me to keep putting money into this business, even though I could see that the way it was being managed was not right. Uh, the Steak and Shake business itself was kind of falling off, and it's really fallen off now, as, as you, if you know the company. And I let myself just be lured in and not really objective about it as much as I should have been as an analyst. And so I think it's my worst investment just because of the time, the mental energy, and the amount of capital I kind of put in routinely into this company for years before I wisened up and sold my position several years ago. 
I appreciate you making that distinction because I think the the default thinking for a lot of people is the worst stock you buy is the stock that you lose the most money on, or you know it has the greatest percentage drop. But as you said, there's a there's a time element there, right? Um, a mind share element that that can cost you as well. Um, let's go in a more positive direction. What's the stock that means the most to you? Not necessarily because it's been the biggest winner, but because of uh, some sort of affinity you have for the business. Yeah, I mean this is this is an easy one. So when when I right about when I was about to finish college, one of my first investments I made, where it was me, my own brokerage account making the investment, was Boston Beer. Um, you know it, maker of Samuel Adams. And this was this was you know 2001, I believe. Um, and the stock was trading for around 14 dollars a share. Um, the reason I love it is because I. I, I in college, I mean, I love the Samuel Adams blogger. I mean, at that time, they really just had the Samuel Adams logger, and now, of course, these days they've got dozens of, of labels. They've got the Twisted Tea, um, uh, Angry Orchard Cider, the Seltzer. They've got a lot of beverages, but and they're a much bigger company. But um, I just knew the company. It was, it was I had an affinity for the brand. I love the story of Jim Cook, the founder and CEO, and I've owned shares ever since. And the cool thing is, one of the cool things is, I remember when I first bought shares for myself. I actually, my, my brother was graduating high school, and I ordered away one of those one share certificates that you can get. I don't know if you, you can do that anymore, but I got him one share of Boston beer at like $14 a share, plus 10 or 20 bucks, whatever the shipping handling was for this certificate, right? And the beautiful thing is, over the years, I could just tell him, like, hey, you know that certificate you've got hanging on your wall? It keeps going up in value. I mean, at one point, Boston beer was trading over $1,000 a share. The bad part about this story is that several years ago, my brother didn't tell me this, but he actually sold it. Like, <laughs> I know, in 2016 or 17, he he sold it for some crazy. He was moving, I, I guess, moving apartments, and he just was like, "Hey, this thing's worth like four or five hundred bucks now. I should sell it." And what a bum! But <laughs> but anyway, so it's just got an interesting story, and I've, I've held the stock for so long that yeah, it's pretty much part of me now. Oh, <laughs> also, you know, when you're in college. Uh, you know, beer tends to be a, a commodity that people save money on. So, like, if you're buying Sam Adams beer in college, like, that's that's a premium beer. Well, see, it was the it was the aspirational beer. It was right. like we would buy the Yinglings and the Budweisers, thinking to ourselves, you know, someday, someday we're going to pay nine 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 for that six pack of Sam Adams. You know, now and then it's like a treat. <laughs> um, is there is there one that got away? Is there? Do you have your version of a stock that you sold too soon, or or just for whatever reason never pulled the trigger on? Yeah, the one it's it's an easy one because I bet you everyone listening on this has owned it at least part of their life. But I I never owned Apple. Can you believe that? I've never owned shares of Apple, and I think because I always assumed for years that that, that this was you know Apple's they're at their peak. It's a it's really a hardware business, and hardware over time, especially in the consumer electronics space, it's not exactly a great business. And I totally totally underestimated. Their amazing transition to software services and just the the hold they have on the App Store, which has become sort of the ecosystem of mobile apps and technology, and so I just for some stupid reason I never I admired the company. I was always impressed by the company. I've used their products like no no one else, right? But I never bought shares. It's pretty sad. You know, Apple is one of those companies that, from the standpoint of investing, it essentially broke to. Long-standing things that that all investors tended to agree on. One is what you already spoke to, which is the whole well, the consumer electronics. The 
the price comes down over time. Right. And so, for for a, such a long time, that was the narrative around Apple. It's like, well, they're not going to be able to keep charging this amount of money for those phones, are they? And the other one was all of the debate around them paying a dividend. Like, are they going to pay a dividend? Well, if they do that, it will turn them into a stodgy old dividend-paying company, and it will just kill their growth. And it's like they they did that, and then we we've never had that conversation since as right. investors. We've they, never had yeah, that. The Apple broke some serious rules, um, and it, it fooled me for sure. Lowercase fooled, and I, I never bought shares. I missed out on huge gains. Is there a company you own shares of that you particularly admire? I yeah, I was thinking about this. I, I I think I have two that I need to mention, and um, they're f- similar but different in a lot of ways. But Amazon and the Home Depot. Amazon just because, not just because of what Jeff the, the the scope and scale of this company that Jeff Bezos has built, but just their ability to kind of always kind of to use that old analogy, you know, skate where the puck is going in terms of e-commerce, of course, but just. Third-party fulfillment, uh, Amazon Web Services, cloud computing. I mean, at, you know, mobile advertising. Just so many uh, streaming. They, they're they're always into the best places and, and they have such a great job. And uh, I just so admire how they've been able to get into all these different different businesses. And I think the Home Depot, if you just think of their history as a quote big box retailer, the margins they put up. The growth that they've been able to achieve without actually growing that many stores. These days, Home Depot owns maybe they open maybe a dozen stores per year, but you just see the growth that they're able to continually put out, um, and the affinity that people have for that that experience that they get at Home Depot and the products and services. And um, they're you know the way they got into kind of the big contracting business several years ago. That's been worked out. So two businesses, Amazon and Home Depot, that I think have always just seems like they're ahead of the competition, ahead of the curve. And I'm, I'm, I love owning both businesses, and I plan to hold them for a very long time. You have to assume that both of those businesses also have a lot of institutional discipline built in. You know, just hearing you talk about the Home Depot really not opening a lot of new locations year after year, and you have to believe there is there are some people inside the executive ranks saying, "No, we can do more than this, even if we even if we just go from 12 to 24 in a year, that sort of thing." Right. Um, and the same with Amazon, like it's. The discipline, not just to go after new initiatives, but to say no to a lot of others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's it's it's, it's so it's so impressive. What is the stock that is your biggest holding? Yes, uh, it's 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 a biggest holding by orders of magnitude, and it's it's not really wasn't really by design. Well, maybe kind of uh, Mercado Libre, which you know I've talked about on this show for for years, and uh, the reason it is my biggest holding, not only because it's it's been such an amazing winner over the last. I've held it for gosh now, thirteen or fourteen years, uh, and and I've added to it. But the reason I've added to it is because not only has the business been successful, but I was a part of this service called Supernova, which you know about, and we recommended Mercado Libre for our portfolio in Supernova. I want I want to say seven or eight times, and I kind of made it a point uh, as a, when I was the advisor of that service to really follow our own investment advice. And so, I, I bought pretty much every investment we made, um, including Mercado Libre, seven or eight times. <laughs> and so, um, that was f- incredibly fortunate, but I, I certainly love the business. I mean, the, as the e-commerce leader in, uh, in Latin America, big presence in Brazil, Mexico, Argentina, and other countries. What I loved especially is early on they were actually owned by eBay. I don't know if many investors know that, and I was worried that they were kind of a little bit follow the eBay model, which is not a terrible model. 
and not really go after sort of the logistics and fulfillment part of the business that really completes that sort of consumer shopping cycle. But fortunately, they really did go after Amazon starting about seven or eight years ago, modeling Amazon, but also modeling pay PayPal with, with payments and transactions. So it's just become such a, a big um, e-commerce powerhouse throughout Latin America. And I just, I just see many, many years ahead of, of big growth for them. You're the reason I own shares in Mercado Libre. Um, All right. And I, and I wish I wish I had um, listened to you the first several times you'd mentioned it on the show <laughs> um, before finally cluing in. But I, I do want to ask you about something you mentioned, which is the number of times you added to it. Mm -hmm. What was that like? To the extent that you can walk me through that mental process, because I th I find this to be a challenge, and I'm sure. Um, other investors do as well. The idea of adding to our winners sounds great in theory, but for me, the struggle is: well, wait, I have it. At, I already bought it at this lower cost base. There, like, I do have that hurdle. I need to get over. I've gotten it over it sometimes in my life, but not all the time. How did you do it? It is. A, it it took me a long time too, and I think it was really, honestly, just working closely with David Gardner for years and seeing him. We re-recommend these stocks that he'd recommended years ago that were up five, six, ten x, and he's recommending them again. It was yeah, it was tough for me early on as well. But then I just thought, wow, why am I, why am I so focused on 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 what David Gardner would say, which is what most investors do, which is they water their weeds and trim their flowers. I should be watering my flowers and trimming my weeds, right? And it, I had to kind of pound that in my head, but eventually I did, and thankfully, you know, it's led me to yeah, buy Mercado Libre all the way way up, buy Amazon and other companies on the way up, and winners tend to keep winning. I think that's something also David Gardner says, and it's it is hard to get your head around as an investor. And as an investor, we're sort of hardwired to be looking for bargains, discounts from what we paid, but if you have a premium business. Pay up and keep and keep paying up as you go. It'll it'll make a huge difference. The biggest difference to my portfolio and my my returns, my net worth over time, has come from adding multiple times to winners. It hasn't come from seeking bargains or doubling down doubling down on stocks as we like to do. Manny, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Chris. That's all for today, but coming up tomorrow, we will get back to the headlines with Motley Fool Senior Analyst Bill Mann. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.